Hello world and welcome back to the Super Sports Podcast. It is I once again Capo popping those AirPods and those Google Pixel Buds. I don't know why I keep choosing those two. I think probably because they're the best two. But who cares? Because right now, we got to take a moment to laugh at the Dallas Cowboys who gave up 49 points, including blocking a field goal only to then <laughs> touch it and let it go in the end zone. And let the Browns recover for two points instead of getting the one from the field goal. Only the Cowboys could do that. Thank you, Dallas, for what was easily the most entertaining game of the day yesterday. Coming back from 27 down to make it look like a game only to quit on the last defensive play on the reverse to Odell and just give the game right back to the Browns, even though they were mostly in control the entire day. Give it up. Take a laugh, take a minute to just soak in all of the Dallas Cowboys misery as I am. Now, we were eight and five on picks to this point this week. Obviously the Pats Chiefs games got moved and then of course we have the Falcons and the Packers. So both of those would be played tonight. Um, so far so good. We had two pushers with the Ravens and the Bucks. So you could say six and five. I'm gonna take the credit and say eight and five um, on the week. Not bad. Um, that'll win you some money. So uh, let's get started. We're going to talk first about the Cowboys versus the Browns. Um, listen, I was on Twitter, on social, watching the game. Everybody wants to say, don't blame Dak Prescott. You see how bad the defense is. And yes, the Cowboys defense is historically atrocious. It is awful. But Dak Prescott holds as much blame for this as does the defense. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, now, first, we're going to talk about the defense really quickly. Um, they quit on the Odell play at the end. They flat out quit. Alden Smith made a great play. He didn't make the tackle. But listen, you run a reverse and you bubble a guy out of the play for 15 to 20 yards. Um, someone's got to come clean that up. It's just, yes, he doesn't make the tackle. Uh, it's hard. That's a hard tackle to make. It's still open field regardless. Um, his job is to contain at the worst make him bounce it he does just that he makes him bubble it almost 20 yards in the backfield and then odell hits his head on the goalpost. what no way but that's what happened because that's the dallas cowboys that's what they do Jalen smith quit on the play he's running around he's looking somebody else will make the tackle and you got guys getting pushed out of bounds into the sidelines and here comes odell sprinting up the sidelines and guess what if Jalen smith doesn't quit on the play Maybe it's a 15, 20-yard gain, something along those lines. Uh, it shouldn't even be that bad, but okay, fine. But if he doesn't quit on the play, you limit it to 15, 20 yards, and you get another chance, another opportunity. You can even push him out of bounds and get the clock to stop because you only have one timeout at that point. I think they still have one. But no, he quits on the play. Odell breaks free. He then decides to break into a sprint after him, but it's Odell versus Jalen Smith. Who do you think is going to win that battle? And then it's a foot race, and Odell's going to win. He's in the open field, and he did just that. Sealed the game. I, I, I would say I can't believe it, but I can believe it because it's the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Dak Prescott, it's not his fault, right? Dak was 8 of 15 after it was tied at 14. 50 yards and a couple of turnovers between him and Ezekiel Elliott, I think, fumbles on the next drive after Dak Prescott fumbles. Five empty drives, if I'm not miscounting. I'll look that up in just a second. 
the reason it's Dak Prescott's fault as much as it is the defense. Yes, the Cowboys were destroying the Browns' defense, but that means the Cowboys get the ball back. In case you didn't know, that's how football works. You score, the other team gets the ball back. It's not make it, take it. That's the way all sports leagues work for the most part. Guess what? You score in basketball, the other team gets the ball. If you score in soccer, you get to kick the ball off. It's a little bit different, obviously, but football, you score, you have to kick the ball off to the other team, which means that team now gets an opportunity to go score. You go into overtime now, first team scores. If it's not a touchdown, guess what? They kick the ball off to you, and you get an opportunity to score. Dak and the Cowboys had five opportunities after the game was tied at 14, and they did not score. They didn't come close to scoring. In fact, they didn't get into the red zone until, I believe, late in the third or maybe early in the fourth. For the first time in the game, they got in the red zone in the second half. That's that's inexcusable. And then the defense quit on the following drives. If they don't turn the football over and Dak doesn't stink it up between the game script and them being down 27 points, he'd be a good quarterback. But he did. And I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. He's good. He's fine. He's okay. To me, he's just another dude. Just another guy. Just another good quarterback. He's another Ryan Tannehill or another Andy Dalton. Uh, guys of that ilk where you can win games with them. They're not going to be the reason you win. They may often not be the reason that you lose. But they're not going to be the ones to carry you to victories, to carry you to playoff wins and things of that nature. They're going to be the guys that can basically steer the ship uh, where it needs to be steered. And in the case of Dak Prescott, in the case of someone like Ryan Tannehill and guys like that, occasionally when you need them most, they're not going to be able to produce. And Dak Prescott is the epitome of it. Um, he, listen, he won me plenty of money yesterday in DraftKings, but all on empty calories. 500 yards for the first time in his career, empty calories. Game was tied 14-14, and on the next five possessions, zero points, five first downs, eight for 15 for 53 yards and a lost fumble. The rest of the way, he goes for 275 yards and three touchdowns once they're down 27 points. Empty calories. That... That stat line alone is a good fantasy day. 275 and three touchdowns. That'll get you some points in fantasy. That can win you a week. And then he had 500 to boot on top of it. Um, it it's not good enough. And you can sit here and blame the defense, which you should. You can sit here and blame the coaching and the decisions, which you should. But you also need to blame Dak Prescott. Okay? He, in the middle of all that chaos, he was great off the game script. They executed Went right up and down the field, took a 14-7 to lead, ended up being 14-14 eventually. Um, and then after that, things got tight. And then once the game was essentially decided, and most weeks would be decided, here he comes roaring back, gets it to within three, and then they follow it up by giving up a reverse to Odell, touchdown. They then block the field goal and end up giving away two points instead of the field goal and it being one. So congrats to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, a few points I want to make on the Browns. Um, number one, Miles Garrett looked like defensive player of the year candidate um, in in last year and in this year. Uh, he's even better than he was last year. This year, two more sacks and another sack fumble against the Cowboys. Um, 
That's his third straight game with the strip sack on the quarterback, all recovered by the Browns, by the way. That is huge play from your defense. Uh, Miles Garrett is showing what Demarcus Lawrence should be doing, who should be taking notes. I heard his name once all season, and it was yesterday on a basic tackle for loss that he made, uh, I believe, on Kareem Hunt. So Demarcus Lawrence getting paid $20 million a year, producing absolutely nothing. Miles Garrett getting paid, and he's producing. He's showing why you pay your best players. Odell had five for 81, and this is what you call impact, okay? He had five catches for 81 yards. Obviously, he had three touchdowns. Take away the touchdowns just for a second. Look at the five for 81. It's not an eye-popping stat line, but it was impactful, okay? The first one broke the game open. The last one sealed the game. It's opposite of what Dak Prescott did, 500 yards and all those touchdowns for what? To catch an L at home to the Browns, who are 3-1 and one for the first time, I believe, since 2006. And you let it happen at home. Man, 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 man. Their defense dropped what should have been three or four interceptions um, on bad throws, bad decisions by Dak Prescott. It was an all-around bad day for the Dallas Cowboys. It wasn't all great for the Browns. It was mostly great. It wasn't all great. Um, offensively, they were excellent. Defensively, missed a lot of assignments. Um, granted, they did have a few balls that they should have probably picked. The touchdown to Amari should have probably at the very least been knocked down, if not picked, the one that Dak fit in the tight window. And then Baker at the end actually missed Odell on a wide open go route. I think he beat Worley again for like the 15th time on the day. Baker ended up throwing that out of bounds on what would have been a game ceiling play, if not a touchdown. So again, wasn't all great for the Browns, but it wasn't, they didn't need it to be because the Cowboys are not very good. Now, Another game I want to talk about, the Bucks versus the Chargers. Um, early on, Tom Brady looked like a 43-year-old quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. He did, but the rest of the way, he looked fine. Um, now, I have to say, the Bruce Arians or Tom Brady or the OC or whoever, whoever is responsible for this, uh, whatever that twin formation where they run that quick out, um, they need to toss it. They need to toss that play, or Tom Brady needs to stop throwing it, one or the other, because it's low, it's behind for the second time, and the quarterback is just sitting on it, regardless of it being low and behind. Even if that's the case, if the corner is off, uh, you still have an outside shot of making that. But he's sitting on it. Janoris Jenkins sat on it. I, I don't remember who the corner was that picked it yesterday, but he sat on it. And it's the same play Janoris took to the house, and we saw it happen again. Took it to the house, made a house call on the pick six. I don't know if it's the timing of the play. I don't know if it's Tom Brady it just can't make that throw anymore. I don't necessarily think that's the case. I don't know if it's a timing thing. Maybe he's not running the route. I don't know what the exact issue is. But whatever it is, they need to toss that play. Scrap it. It's no good. Tom Brady can't make the throw, or the receiver can't run the route correctly. Or if the defensive alignment is off and you see that it's off and they're still forcing it, whatever the case may be, take that play, toss it in the trash. Uh, now, Anthony Lynn, coach of the Chargers, he made a coaching mistake. Four and a half, up 17. They're trying to go down and score. You have a rookie quarterback in a 17-point lead, and you played a great first half all across the board. Do not do this. Run the clock out and go in half. Yes, I understand you're rolling. 
and and you want to maybe put the game away, put a little extra sauce on it. You got a rookie quarterback, and you have to understand that. And of course, what does he do? They end up turning the football over. Um, Sue's in the backfield. The play was blown up from the start, and Bucks go down, get a touchdown, and that killed all the momentum that the Chargers had. And from that point on, I knew that the Bucks were going to win because everything that the Chargers did in the first half. You basically just gave it away. You basically said, here you go. Let's start this thing over. Let's give you guys an opportunity. Let's give you a breath of life. And that's what they did. 24-14 at the half, and the Bucks would go on to win 38-31. I've been saying it. I will keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. As the Bucks round into shape, and they are still able to win these types of early games, a game in which they're down 17 points, which, by the way, the Bucks had not won when being down 17 in 42 consecutive games. This is the type of game that Tom Brady is supposed to help them win. When things just aren't going right, you need Tom. I said this in the beginning of the year. Tom Brady is going to have to win them for somewhere between four to six games in the regular season where Tom Brady is going to have to do Tom Brady-like things, things that we're used to seeing from what we consider the greatest of all time at quarterback. And that's what he did. Down 17, 42 straight times the Bucs have lost that game until yesterday. Props to Tom Brady. Again, had an eyebrow raised in the beginning. Didn't look quite great, but he, he turned it on and they brought it home. Um, as long as their weapons are healthy and their defense continues to play as they are playing, they didn't play excellent yesterday, but they played great when they needed to. Aside from the pick six, they only gave up uh, 24 points. So that's not, you know, that's, that's, that's okay, especially in the first few weeks of the year. Um, it's not going to be good for anyone in NFC as they round into shape. Now, we had some other picks for the week. Let's get into those. So, Bears, plus two and a half at home versus the Colts. We took the L on this one. Listen, the Colts defense is really good. Um, you know, it is what it is. Bears, I thought they would take a step in the right direction with Nick Foles, 3-0. Um, and oh, They fall to 3-1. Just an all-around not good performance on the Bears' behalf. Um, and again, you can't say enough about the Colts defense. I don't like the Colts, uh, obviously, for a lot of reasons. One being they're in the same division as the Titans. Uh, but just on on this year's basis alone, I don't think they're that good. I just think they have a great, great defense. Now, the, the question is, can Phillip Rivers produce enough on the offensive side in order for them to capitalize on that defense? We're seeing what – now, the Bucks defense is, I don't think, quite as good as the Colts, but it's a really good defense. And we're seeing what Tom Brady is doing on the other side of the football in order to help them. Yesterday, they didn't have a great day, but the, the Bucks scored 38 points. Um, they didn't need to. So we'll see if Phillip Rivers can increase their level of production. They didn't have a great day offensively. And so against teams like the Chiefs, even if their defense is capable of keeping the Chiefs under 30, can the Colts get to 28 points? You know, I, I, I'm i not so sure that they can with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. But nevertheless, we lost that one. Um, Bears plus two and a half at home. Lions plus three at home versus the Saints. Another one that we took the L on. Looked like they were going to run away with it early on, and then the Saints just roared back. You got to give props to the Saints. I was ready to write the Saints off. Um, they they got some life yesterday. 
against the NFC team and on the road, nevertheless, albeit with no fans and things like that. Uh, took the L on this one. Matt Patricia is just these big leads that they give up. He's If it weren't for Dan Quinn, he'd be second on that. I think this is the third double-digit lead they've given up just this year for a loss. Not, not good on the Lions' behalf. Another one we took the L on. Cardinals, minus three at the Panthers. Yikes. I thought Kyler Murray would step it up. I thought the Cardinals as a whole would step it up. Maybe what we just saw in the first two weeks was just some of the first two weeks madness that we see every year. There's always a few teams that jump out to early starts, hot starts, and end up fizzling out pretty early, pretty quickly. And there's also teams that usually start off pretty bad and end up turning around. There's at least one or two of both cases. Uh, I'm not sure who the bad team is in this particular case that is going to turn it on as the season progresses. But I definitely know that one of the teams that started off hot that is not looking so hot now is the Arizona Cardinals. Didn't play well yesterday. Took the L to the Panthers on the road. Lost that one. Bengals, minus two and a half at home. This was one of my favorite bets of the week. I don't know who would pick the Jaguars. Um, listen, I know the Jaguars had uh, a decent start to the season. They put up fights in both of their or the first three games, but um, they're not that good. And no, the Bengals aren't that good either, but they are. They have a much better quarterback situation, which makes their team much, much better than the Jaguars. Joe Burrow is for real. Um, Gardner Minshew is just okay. Minus two and a half at home. Loved it. Uh, Browns, obviously, plus four and a half at the Cowboys. No need to revisit that. <sighs> Another disappointing one, the Texans, minus three and a half at home. But listen, I love it for the fact that that's one less team the Titans have to compete with. Now it's only the Colts. Um, with the Texans being 0-4. But I definitely thought that they were better than the Vikings. The Vikings just flat out, as bad as they are, they're not as bad as the Texans. Um, as bad as the coaching situation is in a lot of places, um, Bill O'Brien as the coach and GM of the Texans is simply not working out. Not so sure he survives this, especially considering one of the reasons that they are 0-4 is directly attributed to Bill O'Brien in trading away um DeAndre Hopkins they didn't bring back Clowney they didn't bring back um Honey Badger all those things are directly attributed to Bill O'Brien as the GM and then as a result he is 0-4 as the head coach I don't know how he survives this maybe he survives as the head coach and they just relieve him of his duties as the uh GM but at the rate that they're going I'm not sure how he survives now, a few games that we did succeed in, the Seahawks minus five and a half at the Dolphins. I said going into this, I didn't trust it, and boy, it was close. Um, it certainly looked like the Dolphins were going to hang in and hang on, at least to cover. Um, the Seahawks eventually pulled away, got the cover, so we're happy there. Kind of expected it to be a close game. The Dolphins always, especially early in the season, on the road, these teams are traveling cross country. Um... They just they hung in better than I thought they would. And uh, like I said, we're fortunate on that one to get the five and a half cover by the Seahawks. Played great or didn't play great. Um, they had, and I, I should have checked the weather beforehand. Um, evidently a little bit sloppy there with the weather. Probably played a factor into this. Um, but nevertheless, we got the cover. Bucks minus seven at home. We already talked about. Took that one. The Ravens minus 14 at Washington. Man. 
This one also didn't look good early. Um, the Washington defense was hanging in there. Now, the Ravens eventually pulled it out, um, and they pushed on this. So I don't know if that counts. I say it counts. It is what it is. Uh, but, boy, I'm listen, I know Lamar Jackson and the Ravens ended up winning yesterday by 14. I got to be honest, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. I got an eyebrow raised. I said this a few weeks ago. I'll say it again. I got an eyebrow raised to the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson. I'm just I'm just not sure. We saw what happened to them. The Monday night game against the Chiefs. I just can't get that out of my head. And after yesterday, even despite winning by 14, um, it just didn't seem like they took control of that game the way they probably should have. Another disappointing one, the Rams. Minus 13 at home versus the Giants. I should have known that Giants double-digit favorites against a team that I wasn't completely sold on. I've been coming around on the Rams, but I'm not 100% sold on the Rams. And sure enough, the Giants just hung in there and fought and fought and fought. Never were really in the game. Um, but at the same time, they kept it close enough to, to prevent the cover by the Rams. It was, it was as sloppy as of a close game by the Giants, as you could possibly imagine. Um, for them to only lose by eight, for them to play the way they did yesterday, it just doesn't make sense. And yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. The Giants are just a bad football team. Danny Dimes, Danny fumbles, fumbled on the opening drive, fortunate to recover. Had a other, few other opportunities. I thought he was going to fumble. Congrats to him for holding on to the football. But the Rams don't get the cover. Terrible, terrible, terrible beat. Uh, Bills minus four at the Raiders. No issue there. Um, Raiders just aren't that good. Didn't think they were that good going into the season. They had one or two weeks where everyone thought they might be a pretty decent team. And then the Patriots shut all that down and the Bills did the same. No, no hope for the Raiders. Um, and the Bills, Josh Allen, man, dude is playing out of his mind right now. Unbelievable football. The Bills as a whole are playing unbelievable football. They had a slip up last week, but they were still able to get the win. This week, they were playing no games with the Raiders and took that one pretty convincingly. And then finally, Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles plus seven at the 49ers. Boy, as ugly as a cover as you could get. Um, it wasn't a pretty game, but they forced three turnovers on the Niners. Uh, defensively, I thought they played pretty well, all things considered. Granted, they're playing against the 49ers B team, essentially. Um, so, you know, how good are the Eagles? Actually, they're going to have to be in first at one, two and one in their division, which is just is <laughs> laughable. Um, and all, all that said, the Giants are just one game back. One game back are the Giants. Obviously, they're not going to gain any ground, but that just goes to show you we're four weeks in. The Giants haven't been close to winning a single game and they're still one game back of the division uh, leader. Terrible, terrible, terrible division. Eagles get the cover. I told you that was a great bet. Plus seven. That's way too many points, especially for a 49ers team that's so banged up. Loved it. Uh, so eight and five on the week with the two pushes. Six and five if you don't count them. Okay, so be it. Um, now, tonight, Falcons and Packers. Pats and Chiefs, both plus seven. I took the Falcons plus seven at the Packers. Pats plus seven at the Chiefs. I did take the Pats plus seven at the Chiefs prior to the Cam Newton um news i haven't even followed up to see if if he's playing like i'm i don't even know if he's even playing in the game tonight 
Um, if he is playing, Pats plus seven to me is a no-brainer. I don't know how you give the Pats seven points, even against the Chiefs. Um, I feel like Bill Belichick's going to scheme his way into it, even if they really aren't in the game. I just don't think that they're going to be beat by more than more than seven points. Um, even on the road, no fans and things like that. I think the Pats are too good. I think Bill Belichick's too good. And if Cam Newton plays, obviously, I think Cam Newton is too good to lose by more than seven. So I love those two bets tonight. If we get those, that moves us to 10 and five on the week. Obviously, if we don't, that moves us to eight and seven. Um, but, you know, I like, I, like the, I like the odds tonight. Falcons getting seven points, as many points as they score, um, even if they lose, which they probably will to the Packers. Um, seven points for that, that explosive offense is just far, far, far too many. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a review of the week four picks. Hope you made some money. Now, let's talk about tonight's Monday Night Football um, DraftKings. We got showdown, and because we got two games, we could even play the traditional way. So let's get into it. All right, so first, we'll talk about the showdown between the Falcons and Packers and the Chiefs and Patriots. Let's start with the Chiefs and Patriots. Um, your captain's pick, to me, I went against Patrick Mahomes last week in the, in the hopes and gamble of going with a value play in Mark Andrews. That turned out to be a complete disaster. Um, I don't know how you go against Patrick Mahomes this week in the captain slot, even at 18, almost 19,000. Um, he was the top scorer last week because he spread the ball to so many different playmakers. And I think that is something that I overlooked, um, getting so caught up in the fact that he has, uh, I, I guess you would say his top playmakers in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And then you can throw in Clyde Edwards Hilaire at the running back position now. Um, so I just assumed that those would be the three main guys that he got the ball to, but I was sadly mistaken. Sammy Watkins was involved. Robinson's involved, Hardman's involved. So I think going with the skill position player from the Chiefs is a mistake at captain's pick. Um, and then for the Patriots, the only person that I think would be a choice uh, would be someone like Cam Newton. Uh, but again, I'm not, I, I haven't followed up to see if Cam Newton is actually going to play. I think he is. Um, and if he is, he would be the only option, I think, for the Patriots. Now, if you want to go with value, here are your guys. I think Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman would be the two plays for the Patriots. Maybe you could go with Demir Bird in the very, very off chance that he, you, you know, one thing about the Patriots, they do things differently each week. Maybe you can get lucky and guess the right guy for this week for the Patriots. I think that's too risky of a play. If you pick anyone from the Patriots, I would probably go if you pick anyone from the Patriots that's not Cam Newton, it has to be Edelman. Um, otherwise, I would go Cam Newton. But I think if the play here, the correct play here, would be Patrick Mahomes. Now, the key is, how do you feel the game is going to go? Because if, you, if you're asking me, this isn't going to be um, the Ravens versus the Chiefs, where it's just a blowout. Um, they're not giving up that many points. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Um, but I think it's going to be much, much, much closer, much more in line with what we thought the Ravens and Chiefs should have been. So if you think that that's the case, maybe you do go with a Clyde with Hilaire at captain's pick. Um, instead of Mahomes, maybe he gets a turnover uh, or two. 
or maybe just doesn't have the big eye-popping stats that we have come to see him have. So those are my picks for captains. Um, and like I said, a few value plays, Edelman, Harry, Demir Bird is another one. Um, if you don't have Demir Bird as a captain, obviously you could have him as one of your value plays. He is only $2,400 on DraftKings. Um, again, the play there is the diversity that you see within the Patriot scheme from week to week. And so maybe this week you get lucky and Demir Bird is the way to go. Um, one guy I would not go with, Rex Burkhead. He was dominant last week, which means he plays for the Patriots. He won't be dominant this week. It's that simple. Um, James White was out for the past two games. He's also expected to be back. Uh, so if you were going to go with the Patriots running back, he's the one that I would go for at 6,400. Um, he obviously is the best pass catching back for the Patriots. Um, it is particularly um, impactful, I should say, to Rex Burkhead, considering that's what he is known for. He's not that big of a run between the tackles guy. He had seven catches for or on 10 targets last week. Um, I don't think that's going to happen again. So James White at the running back position for the Chiefs. Now, let's talk about the Falcons and the Packers. Um, obviously, your captain's pick. You got to go with the core four or five here. Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin Ridley, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Jones. No Devontae Adams tonight. No Adam Lazaro tonight. Um, so Aaron Jones is probably a must play here. Uh, he's going to get the bulk of the volume. What's interesting is the Falcons defense is so bad. I would still go with a Patriots, or excuse me, a Packers receiver. If not for a captain's pick, um, definitely I would play the value. Obviously, you have Scantling there, who is not hurt. The guy I would go with is Darius Shepard. He is the one. Uh, it's also another possibility to go with Robert Tanyan. It's probably not going to do what he did last week versus the Saints. Um, but he is the number one tight end. Um, he's had at least 60% of the Packers snaps in all three weeks. And they play a lot of different tight ends, but he seems to be uh, the main one. Mercedes Lewis is out, doubtful to play, I should say, with the knee injury. So I think Robert Tanyan is a sneaky play there. But again, the play of the day, I'm telling you now, Darius Shepard, no Lazard, no Devontae Adams. He outsnapped Malik Taylor last week, who's more expensive. Darius Shepard is $200. Um, you got to go with Darius Shepard this week. At some, Somewhere on your, shout, or your showdown team, Darius Shepard's name needs to be there. If you're playing in one of the cheaper leagues and you can do multiple entries, I would highly recommend taking a gamble with Darius Shepard as your captain's pick. Um, he may not have an explosive game, but if he can have a few catches and maybe a touchdown, I think it'll be well worth it for the other guys that you'll have um, that you'll be able to put on your team because at that point you could fill it out with all-stars. Um, Darius Shepard is easily, easily the best value play of the week here. Um, fade. It's hard to say Valdez Scantling. Um, again, with all those guys being out, but I, I think... I think it's, it's, it's very risky to go with Valdez Gantling. Um, in each of the opportunities that he's had to shine when Devontae Adams has been out, which I believe has been like five or six games with Devontae Adams inactive, 
Um, he's averaged three targets and 1.4 receptions per game. That's just not very good. Um, he's had below 20 yards receiving in three of those te- or in three of those games. Obviously, tonight's circumstances are a little bit different. Devontae Adams and Lazard are both out, and you're also going up against a bad defense. But it's the numbers say to stay away from Valdez Gantling. Otherwise, anyone on the, the Packers offense that's not, um, or excuse me, that is playing tonight, I think is a viable choice, again, considering they're going up against the Falcons defense, which is just absolutely terrible. Um, so there, those are your showdown games for the week. Um, or excuse me, for tonight, Falcons, Packers, Patriots, Chiefs. This has been your 11th episode of the Simple Sports Podcast. This has been I, your host, Capo. I will see you all on Thursday where we're going to talk about the full uh, NFL power rankings now that week four will be officially in the books. I've already got most of it done. Waiting on tonight's game to see how the last few things shake out. Um, and then we'll go from there. So Thursday, we'll go 1 through 32. We're not going to spend time on all teams. Obviously, the top 10 we've already done. We'll probably tweak it just a hair. And then we'll shoot through the rest um, so you can know exactly where your team ranks in the NFL this year. Until then, guys, I will see you all next time. Peace.